Bavakama, Perak Tes, Mishnah Yudah Aleph, 9-11. And now uh, we continue the topic of the obligation to return what was stolen and in the event that one swore falsely, also to um, add the 25%, all before he can um, bring his korban asham. The case of our Mishnah here is what happens if the victim of the theft is a convert who has no children that are born to him after his conversion, or her conversion for that matter. Because the rule is that a convert is ka- Katan Hanola Dami, he's like a brand new born person, and that being the case, um, whatever familial ties, biological ties he has to the people who came before him, um, like his siblings or his parents or even his children before his conversion, are not recognized in halacha. So if he has no children afterwards, this person could be in the amazing scenario where there's actually no heirs whatsoever. So the rule is that in general, when a such a person dies, so whatever possessions he has goes to nobody. They just sit as hefker, they're just ownerless, and kolakodam zacha, whoever takes it first come first served. Um, the thing is, if a person had stolen from the garret, the same would be true, that in a simple case of theft, although there's an obligation to be heshevesa gazela, to return the stolen object, once the the victim is no longer alive, so whatever he has is now ownerless, and therefore the thief can keep whatever's in his pocket. But our mission wants to know what happens if not only did the thief steal from this convert, but also swore falsely that they didn't own the money. So now, if the thief wants to get atonement, he has to bring a korban asham, and he can't bring a korban asham until he returns the stolen object, adding the twenty, and he's supposed to have 25% as well. And the question is, to whom should he give it? So the Torah actually discusses this explicitly in Bamidbar, Perkei, Mishnaches, and that's the point of our Mishnah here. So the Mishnah says, HaGozles Ager, if one steals from a convert, this again is a convert who has no children after his conversion or her conversion, Venizhbalo, then the thief swears falsely to the victim that he didn't steal from him, when really he did, and then Vemes, and then prior to the thief making amends, the victim of the crime, the convert, dies. So now what should he do? What should the thief do if he wants to, um, you know, atone? Harezim Mishalem Karen V'chomish Kohanim. What he does is he gives, says the Mishnah, he gives um, that, not just the 100 that he stole, but 125, the Karen plus 25 V'chomish, um, to the Kohanim, as we'll see more details in a moment, and then he can bring his Asham, this guilt offering, the Asham Gazelos, to bring as a Korban Anuzbeach. Shneemar. This is actually explicit in the Pesukim, basically. Um, the Pasuk talks about, Im ein ish goel, in a scenario where, this is the context of someone being a victim of a theft and a false oath regarding the theft, swearing falsely, and now um, this person has no goel, no heirs. So the Chazal say, wait a second. There's no such thing as a person who has no heirs. Every Jew at some point, all the way back, you know, his family tree stretches back up to Yaakov Avino, and then everyone is a, essentially a cousin of his, so there's for sure heirs somewhere. But of course, a convert who's born again, and therefore he's like starting afresh, has no heirs necessarily, he doesn't have children of his own. So that convert, the Pasuk says, um, mm-hmm. if this victim has no heirs to whom the Asham, here the word Asham in the Pasuk is referring to, which means literally guilt, is not referring to the Asham, the carbon, the, the animal, but rather the source of the guilt, the thing that was stolen. So the thief stole $100 from our convert, the convert has no heirs, the convert's now dead, and therefore there's no one to give Lahashiv Ha'asham Elav to return the $100 to. Ha'asham Hamushav Lashem Lakohen, says the Pasuk continues straight on. So then this stolen object, the hundred, and Hamushav, also which let's go back, that's extra twenty-five, 
Lashem has to go to Hashem, so to speak. Lakohen to the Kohen, meaning that Hashem is the address, but Hashem passes it on to the Kohanim. So, in other words, the Kohanim essentially are being what's called Ochel Meshulchan Gavoa or Zochem Meshulchan Gavoa. They are essentially it's Hashem's stepping in to take care of his uh, beloved comrade who's died, but Hashem gives what is given to him, so to speak, to the Kohanim. So the Kohanim receive it. I'm jumping to Allah just for a second to bring out this din a little more. Uh, this is only true when the Kohanim have a base of Mikdash and they're serving there for their, their, they merit to eat from Hashem's table, so to speak. But in the event there's no base of Mikdash, there's no Korbanos, the Kohanim aren't entitled to this. And therefore the din would be Lahalacha. If a person stole and swore falsely to a convert with no children and then the convert dies, he would return um, 125, not to Kohanim, but rather to um, charity, and the charity would be apportioned amongst, you know, all the poor people equally. Now, says the, says the Pasuk more, Milvad Ayl HaKippurim, this, meaning the return of 125 to the Kohanim, is in addition to um, the Ayl the HaKippurim, should say the Ayl, Ayl is a, um, is a ram for atonement, that's referring to the Asham Gazelos, Asher Yechaper Boalav, which when it's brought, will then serve to atone for the thief for his um, having sworn falsely about what he stole. Okay, so that's that's um, that's step one. Um, now the mission continues on, and it says, "What happens if um, we're going? What happens if um, the thief now dies prior to getting the job done?" So his heirs now step in. How does that work out, says the Mishnah? If the thief now, trying to make amends, goes to Jerusalem, and he brings in his you know, wallet, the 125, he's intending to give it to the Kohanim, as per the prescription of the Mishnah, we just, uh, the Pasuk we just read. And he also has the Esa Asham. He also has, here the word Asham in the Mishnah refers to the animal itself. So he also has a, a ram, which he has now consecrated to be his Ashram Gazelos, and he's bringing that ram up to Shalim to be offered. So, um, the mace, but before being able to give the money or the offering, uh, our thief dies also. So, Hakesef Yinaten Levanav, so then the 125, which was set aside to return to the victim, and now is going to the Kohanim, would now flow to his children, meaning the thief's children. The point is, there's the the point of giving the money is to ensure atonement for the thief and enable him to bring this asham. He's not bringing the asham anymore. Um, his death now, his, it, you can't do atonement for him anymore. If, the halach is that if the thief had already done teshuva, meaning he'd done the, between him and Hashem part, he admitted he did it wrong, he could not do it again, he did a vidui. So then his death will act as a kapara for him. And if not... He won't get a kapara. He'll have to face the music in uh, in Shemaim. But the point is, now the money just is just money, and therefore it flows to the heirs. Va'asham, as for the animal which was consecrated, you can't just it's now invest with the Kedusha. What can you do with that? You let it um, go out to pasture until it gets a mum. Meaning, you can't the, the animal is invested with Kedusha. You can't bring it as an offering because you can't bring an offering to atone for someone who's no longer alive. And therefore, you let the animal graze. And uh, when it eventually, you know, in, at some point it will become invalid to be brought as a carbon, getting a mum, getting a blemish. So, for example, it gets old enough and it gets, you know, a cataract in its eye or along the way it gets injured and it gets a split ear or something. So then, at that point, it can't be brought as an offering. So now it's invalidated. And at that point, vimacher, one is allowed to sell, the base of Mikdash meaning, is allowed to sell this, this uh, blemished 
ram, get the money, the sale of the ram that's consecrated acts as a kind of pidyon, a redemption of the kedusha of the animal, off the animal and onto the money. And then with the money, viplu damavle nadava, the money now should go into what's called nadava. That's a reference specifically to um, these voluntary offerings or the, these um, shofarot, these like uh, community chests that were in the base of Mikdash to collect the money to buy voluntary olos, burned offerings. They were brought as what's called keitz mizbeach, when the altar was idle. So then there were animals brought um, anyways just to be burned as, as olos to Hashem for the sake of just kalashol. It's also like so the the should always be active, etc., and it's part of covered. So the point is that the money then go, is used um, to purchase these kinds of communal olos, burnt offerings. Now, in case you're wondering, it's been niggling in your head, wait a second, um, I'll tell you a little more that's to resolve the mystery you might be wondering about. When it comes to a chatas, a sin offering, the rule is if it can't be brought because it won't affect atonements, like there are five ways that could happen, but the primary way is that you know the, the owner dies, like our case. So the rule is when it comes to a chatas, the chatas can't be brought, it's just left. It's just left to die because you can do nothing with it. There's no such thing as redeeming it. Um, that's halachal Moshe Misinai. And the same halachal Moshe Misinai that says that the, the chatas, which can't be offered, um, is left to die. So it says also that if the same situation falls out with an asham, a guilt offering, instead of a sin offering, a asham, so the rule is that yira ev, instead of letting it die, you let it graze until it can be redeemed, at which point, once it's blemished, you redeem it, and then the money goes to the dollar.